It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to After Work Drinks, the weekly podcast brought to you by two journalists and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill, who debrief on the week that was over a bottle of red wine. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the episode. <laughs> we don't know which number. No. We always get idea. really confused and save them under the exact same episode as the last one. I know, week. I'm always like, episode 49 edits, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just all off. Um, how are you? What's going on? I'm good. I'm back. I feel like I was gone for like three months i know it was a long time away we haven't recorded in like two weeks it feels yeah and my trip was extremely action-packed like there was a lot of hiking there was a lot of day trips there was a lot of activity um yeah i feel like i lived a whole lifetime went on the ghost tour you lived out wild yeah i literally lived out wild it was actually amazing because i was finishing off wild (laughs) and um my I was with my boyfriend Zach's family and his sister is like super fit and all she wanted to do on this trip was hike Cradle Mountain which is like a huge mountain Mm. in Tasmania and I was like absolutely let's go do it like having zero fitness can't run for five minutes like how all those people who read wild when it's actually like yeah it's like reads wild once Mm. like I was like let's fucking go and then it was raining and I was like I guess we can't do it And they're like no we like we'll just walk in the rain Oh, my God. So it was freezing because it was super high up. His other sister had an asthma attack that day, so she had to stay in the car. And I got, like, a third of the way up, and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> Did they do the whole way? No. we. Everyone was just tapping out at that point. It was just too much. I was like, this is insane that anyone 
is expected to do this. We had to climb like a hundred stairs yeah. and then we were only like my a quarter friend, of the way. Um, my friend tried to climb Everest and got to, <laughs> <laughs> literally, and got to um, base. That's how I felt. Yeah, and got to base camp, which is still like high. Super high. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like couldn't breathe and a helicopter had to take him down. <laughs> that was literally me on Cradle Mountain. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, That's so, me yeah, when I like walk to work because there's a slight incline. I can't. Yeah, I was like, <gasps> I, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from that, it was amazing. I had lots of like oysters and dairy. It's funny wine. because I think when you <gasps> mentioned what I just remembered that I had lunch next to Lily Allen like twice. Did you? Yeah, it was so so bizarre. We were sitting down having lunch and someone. We really wanted this round table because it was like for six people and we'd booked ages ago and they just shafted us at the last minute. We're like, why? And the we're like, who's going to come in and take the round table? Like, let's give them evils, like joking, but serious. serious. And then they just walked in and it was like kind of inconspicuous crew. And you know, when you just have something like niggling into the back of your brain, like I was like, something's i just went to the bathroom firstly i went to the bathroom and i came out and the woman next to me like leaned down and just drank heaps of water from the basin what it was so gross and so weird and i was just staring <laughs> and then as i walked out i was like oh my god that's lily allen next to us like it was just but that wasn't her drinking it <laughs> i was just like another sorry it was point. just this weird like yeah. it was this surreal experience and then i was like that's lily allen and obviously the worst thing you can do is be at the next table want to tell everyone and be like that's lily allen but don't look and then mm. everyone kind of looks mm. and then i was like okay i'm gonna go over and i'm gonna say i read your book i loved it i think you're really brave have a nice day and in my head it was very like cool and chill did you do it no of course not i was like Mm. i was like she'll be like please fuck off in my brain i was like she'll be like thanks do you want to like sit down and have a starter like what what did i think was going to happen like i just thought Mm. she'd like like me for saying that whereas she would just be like i'm trying to have lunch it's so weird with celebrities because like as much as anyone says they just don't care it's just this odd thing where you just do and i don't know why because at the end of the day, she's just a normal girl who's probably around our age. And yes. yeah, she's like, she's a good singer. Yeah. But it's just like, why does everyone get so fucking weird around them? But and what's hard is that you, like, I was like, and I don't want to sound like a dick, but I felt, I felt, Spit it out. I felt like I wanted to be like, I work in magazines. So she would know I wasn't just a weird super fan. Like, I just wanted her to. I just wanted to talk to her I'm as a person. On your level. <laughs> I wanted to talk to her as a person because I, I felt know. like we would get on and yeah. I would have funny back and forth mm. with her and I'd like laugh about segments in her book and we'd have a good chat, but there's no way you can go up to them. No. That's and like, them not know that you're just like a weird, fame hungry weirdo that's ruining their lunch. But I think also that's another thing with our work because when we do meet them, we it's weird because I always go on to interviews with celebrities and I'm always like, oh God, I'm so nervous. And this is like... I don't know. You just, I, I feel nervous when I interview anyone for yeah. some reason. Oh, but then, sure, always. Like even the most random people who I haven't even bothered to find out their last name. Yeah. <laughs> today. But um, <laughs> today. literally. <laughs> um, but then when you go into like celebrity interviews, you feel this heightened sense of anxiety. Yes. But then when you get there, they're just wanting to chat with you because you're like, in their mind, you're like on their level because you're a magazine editor whose magazine they want to be featured in and yes. whose like jobs they respect. And so they want to be your mates and chat with you. 
And it always throws me off kilter. I know. Well, you're very good at it. I just, I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I was like, maybe I'll go outside for like a little vape and she'll like have a ciggy and that's where it'll happen. Mm. And she just walked out of the restaurant and I was like, oh. And then like the next day we were out to breakfast and we walked out and she was just walking past us. Hmm. Tazzy's the place to be. Yeah. And very interestingly, I was like, is that her? I'm pretty sure it's her. And then I Instagram stalked her in the bathroom <laughs> and it was nowhere on her Instagram. So I think because of her stalker thing, like she had made it out like she was in Brisbane. They do that all the time. When she was in Tasmania. And then I think when she went on to the next stop, she made it out like she was in Tasmania. Yeah. Obviously that's like a celebrity. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I'm the opposite. I'm like geotagging everything. I know. No when I was talking to um, Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons mm. Why and she's like just an Aussie actress and she was in Perth because they connected me to Perth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're just in Perth. And she's like, oh, yeah, but don't say that. Oh my god! Yeah, like she, like no one can know where they are. It's wild. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that happens. That was fun, and I went on the ghost tour. Mm-hmm. I survived. It was actually so good and cool. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> oh yeah. I thought it was gonna be like one of those things where you go into a dark room and someone like touches the back of your neck yeah, and like you know I like to scare it. you and that like just gives me scared. such bad anxiety mm. like I hate a jump scare mm. but what it actually was was this woman like walking <laughs> us through all these haunted locations in Tasmania and telling us like the true historical story okay, I like so that. it's kind of like a walking tour it was really fun mm. I was so into it I hate scares I hate jump scares sometimes Anton will just like I don't know or a car <laughs> you actually I was just stealing this from you. You actually yeah. told me that when like a car will beep or something, you like when a car like backfires or a door slams, I I like want to burst into tears. Mm. I feel like I've had some sort of childhood trauma around like loud noises. No, but I get really funny as well. My yeah. main one is when I wake up and Anton's kind of lying in bed and going through Instagram. Yeah, and he'll have his phone on loud and he'll start clicking through stories and yeah. it's like this loud but, yeah blaring story from the night before or just anything at all and i actually like i act my heart starts beating out of my chest and i'll yeah. like snap and scream <laughs> it happened actually literally before i got here it was like some it was, it was like some weird song on repeat and i was like please turn that off like get out of the room oh anyway oh i love any that. more tazzy stories um no uh it was great like yeah not really anything else i did i thought i'd have a lot of time to read and like, catch up on things mm. over there but it was all ghosts so not hiking. really yeah. but i did i did a lot of like thrift shopping and op shopping mm. and i picked up i love getting books from there now because they're like a dollar i know you said this before sorry and everyone knows i gotta cut this out but anyway i picked <laughs> up this book um it's called the tragedy of supermodel gia it sounds very salacious and it kind of is by Stephen Freed. Mm. And have you heard of Gia? You know, it's like that Angelina Jolie movie about her. Uh, no, like vaguely. It's amazing. Like, it's so interesting. So she was a supermodel in the 70s and was full, like, Vogue covers, Cosmo covers, mm. runway, Supergirl, like, heaven. And then she just dro- kind of dropped off the face of the earth at, like, 23 because she had a huge drug problem. And she became one of the first women in the United States to die of AIDS. Fuck. Yeah, I think the first, maybe. Mm. Yeah. And this is like her whole story and it, it documents. It's really interesting because the guys really, 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 really well researched it. Like it kind of feels like a long Vanity Fair article. Mm-hmm. Like it's very. So good. Properly written, you know. It's not like some gross, salacious thing. And it goes into a lot of what the, what the 60s and 70s were like for teenagers and how that kind of fucked her up. And about how it was the era where parents were kind of getting divorced for the first time which sounds weird it was like the first time where that was okay so heaps of people in unhappy marriages were like awesome 
and then also just stopped being parents. So you had this whole generation of like teenagers who their parents split up and both just fucked off and they kind of just bought themselves up. It was super weird because these parents were having these I like love that. renaissance of their youth. So you're just like, yeah, well, you can get out of here. So, so bye. Yeah. And then the kids just kind of had Forget like, she was doing like quaaludes and coke when she was like 14. Oh my God. Um, but there's a whole bit in it, which obviously I loved about how David Bowie tapped into that. And she became this total David Bowie obsessive and like dressed like him and did all this stuff and went to all the concerts and, um, whatever and they said that a lot of the david bowie shtick the reason it was so successful was because the whole life on mars and whatever was this whole thing of teenagers feeling like their suburban home life had just suddenly become like Mm. mars like they didn't recognize anything everything was weird they had to fend for themselves and anyway so it's very interesting i love that that's so good and then i listened to a podcast on the daily today about what's going on in virginia at the moment and I need to give you a debrief right now because it's so crazy. And I just need to see your reaction. Okay. So basically, like the Democrats have taken this no tolerance policy on any like sexual harassment cases, racism, you know, like all the Me Too mm-hmm. stuff. They're like anything, no. And that was their whole thing with Brett Kavanaugh. They were like, nothing is allowed, basically. Yes. So then this week, um, a picture came out of the governor of Virginia either in blackface or dressed as a KKK member from what? his college yearbook. So it's a guy, two white guys, one's dressed in blackface, one just dressed as a KKK oh, member. Oh, so he's, he's like, one of the two. Yeah, at a college party, right? So this came out and they're like, this is him. So he came out and apologized and said, I'm so ashamed, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so sorry. And everyone was like, you need to resign. Like Obama, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, like – Kristen Gillibrand, all the presidential, um, like, wannabes mm. for the next – like, everyone was like, resign. And then the next morning he came out and was like, hey, actually, I've been thinking about it a bit more and I think it wasn't me, actually, <laughs> in that picture. Literally. Oh, my God. And he That's was what... like, I dressed in blackface as Michael Jackson one year, but that, so... not this picture. And then everyone was like, what the fuck? So everyone was like, can you please just resign? So anyway, the next guy in line, if he resigned, was like gearing up to be the next governor. I've been thinking about it and this wasn't me. And it wasn't me. The next guy is crazy. The next guy is lined up to be governor and it comes out that there's a huge sexual assault allegation against him. And that a woman accused him of raping her at a Democratic convention in 2004. And she's a very respected like professor. Mm. Um, so that comes out. He preemptively denies that before the story comes out because he knows it's about to come out. So everyone's like, okay, also you need to step down. Yeah, like, can you, you also whatever. So then the third guy in line is the attorney general to become governor. And then he comes out. This all happened in the course of three days and says, I did blackface as well. And there's a photo of me on the internet. Just letting you guys know. Sorry. <laughs> So Someone now, get a woman in. It's like literally insane. So now the four. So now because they've got through those three, if they all resign, if they all step down, which they should, they probably it will go there. to the parliament, like the local parliament, and a Republican will become the leader. Oh no! So they're like, <laughs> what do we do? Like, do we, like it's either zero tolerance, and we get rid of all of them, but then we lose the whole state. Oh my we, god! Yeah, it's it's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's so insane. Woman is just like, hello. Yeah, like, hello. (laughs) 
I'm like, why is it so hard? What and then woman now this whole... dressed up as a KKK <laughs> member and, and that, like high school? People are like, it was a long time ago. And I was like, it just never would have crossed my mind no. at any point in my life. To do or my mom's or my grandmother's. Like, <laughs> it's so wild. So I, I feel like that kind of relates. I don't know if it relates to the Liam Neeson thing, which we wanted to talk about, but mm. it is that thing about like what's. It's, it's so, it's like wanting to kill one. It's just so hard to be, I think it's just, it's so hard to be zero tolerance. Yes. Because yeah. everyone is fucked, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's like, what we were talking about with Me Too ages yeah. ago when we were like, if we said, if we had zero tolerance for any man who had ever made like a snide remark or, or ever wolf whistled that they couldn't be on our side, we'd have like no one. Yeah. that's yeah. So th- th- I think that's the question now is, okay, if you're going to say zero tolerance and that's your policy, how many, like how many they post how many senators and house members and attorney generals and whatever in America are all now shitting it because they know that there's some picture out of there somewhere or they've done something somewhere or, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's the thing. And it's pretty crazy being it's back crazy. in uni. Like, obviously I would never do that, but. I know. Um, that's why it's so hard because I'm like, okay, like, it was uni. I was dumb at uni. A Nazi. A Nazi. <laughs> God. What the fuck? Literally. Prince Harry, like a um, prince. Yeah. It's wild. But this is like super rich white people. They just have no sense of anything outside of themselves. Like, like, that's funny. Yeah. Dress up. Oh, it's so awful. Okay, I have something crazy to tell you. Yes. Oh. No, not to tell you, but that you Ah. have to see, which I've already texted you about, but you ignored me because you were like probably hiking. Um (laughs) Abducted in plain sight. Okay, I've seen a lot of memes about this. It is fucking crazy, Grace. Like it's actually it's, it's it's one of those things where I know you would have seen memes where people are like I can't watch this or people are being like they're really frustrated. But it was literally like we had to pause it multiple times to like scream at the TV. It's crazy. So basically, I don't want to give away the whole thing. But even if I give away the whole thing, anyone would want to watch it because yeah, like, yeah. Can you just say it? yeah? So Spoiler alert, whatever. Um, <laughs> Get no. over it. <laughs> in the in the uh, synopsis, it says this, but. This girl was abducted twice by the same man <laughs> and the man like lived in their neighborhood and the parents knew him and he had befriended. I'm sorry, that isn't funny, but it's yeah. like insane. No, I know. And so she's still alive and her family okay. talking on this documentary. Yeah. And it's just like one of those things, you know, where those mums are just so clueless and yeah. then they're chatting and they're like really bubbly and happy. And it's like, no, you fucking idiot. Your daughter, yeah. like you just handed your daughter over to Kind of like dirty drunk woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so funny because like, so basically this man befriended them. He had a wife and children all around the same age as these children of this other family. He befriended them, fell in love with their daughter. Yeah. God, I can't remember her name. She's like the central plot <laughs> of the whole thing. Um, yeah. So he fell in love with her. Let's call her daughter. Um, and like from the from when she was really, really young. And so he would organize these sleepovers and things so that she would be in his house. Yeah. And he would like drug her and stuff. It was horrible. Oh. And give her sleeping pills and like assault her and all this stuff yeah so it's it's like really really horrible but then like the fucked up part is like he then tells the parents that he's on like therapy for something and his therapist has suggested he sleeps beside their daughter at night oh my god and they're like all right (laughs) and then 
he just one day takes her horse riding and then doesn't come back. And he abducts her, like fully kidnaps her. And they don't call the police for like five days. Oh my God. Because they're just like, they're just like, oh shit, like, I wonder where they are. And they're just so clueless. Are they like, like kind of like Mormon Christians or something super weird? I think they're, yeah, I think they're Christian. But they just, because they knew him and trusted him, thought she was fine. And then the FBI was fully like, your daughter has been kidnapped. Like kidnapped. Like sorted out. And then anyway, they got her home because he eventually brought her home or something. Or like, oh no, he took her to Mexico and married her. Because she was 14 and I think that was like the legal age in Mexico. Then brought her back and the parents didn't lay charges because they're crazy. And then he abducted her again later. Like it's not funny, but it's just so batshit crazy. And then just throwing in the Fire Festival Andy Spin, um, who was the guy at Fire Festival who offered up a (laughs) blowjob to like get the water released for the festival. (laughs) He's a fucking legend. Um... (laughs) He, the, like, this man, because he was so obsessed with the parents' daughter, starts, like, seducing the parents oh my to, God. like, get them off the trail. And so he starts a love affair with the mum. This is... Ugh. It's crazy. And it all happened. And the mum on the show was like, oh, it was a very, like, she's so insane. She was like, it was a very, like, exciting time in my life. And she says it with a smile on her face. And it's like, now, now that you she know knows everything. the context, <laughs> would you really say it was an exciting time in your life to be like having an affair with the guy who's assaulting your teenage daughter? Oh my like, God. let's just reassess that sentence. And then he convinces the dad. Can I say something quickly? Like, is there something wrong with America? Like, yeah, I'm yeah, like, it's always in America. Every single always. one. Like, I know it has a big population, yeah. but so does China. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> in China, they are like pretty crazy. I saw Maybe they just news. don't have like a true crime. I was walking past this thing, and they were like, petition to stop um, people killing people for their organs in China. Oh and God. I was just like, what? <laughs> What? Um, but yeah, th- like I'm like, what is in the water in America that mm, these fucking mm, stories? Yeah. Not only I think that they happen, but that people like get on a Netflix documentary and like like kind of laugh about it. Like, what's wrong? The with dad you? gave the guy a hand job. Oh my <laughs> god! And then he's like, it's so... and he says it in the documentary. Yes, and he's like <laughs> crying, which is so sad, but it's also just like this is just so fucking crazy. It was just like. <laughs> Fucking plot twist after plot twist. And the guy still didn't ever went to jail or like went to jail for five minutes or something. Like he's just out and about. It's crazy. They show his face. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's like named and shamed. Yeah. But Jesus. it's just like that was the most crazy thing I've ever watched. Um, that is and wild. Another thing, which I also messaged you and you didn't reply, <laughs> was... I, I was very much off the grid for that week. I may as well have been in fucking... Which is good because, like, we're always supposed to save things to the podcast, but I can't wait. Yeah. Um, is there's a new podcast out by the creators of The Teacher's Pit. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. I did not see that yes. message. Otherwise, I would have replied. Um, so, by The Australian, and it's called Who the Hell is Hamish? Oh. And only one episode has come out so far, and it's really good. Oh my! Yeah, goodness. so it's not about a murder, or it doesn't seem to be, but it seems like it's more of a sort of Dirty John podcast. Oh, yeah, love. and Hamish is the Dirty John, oh. and so episode one is this episode all about this lovely woman who 
fell in love with a man called Max who she met on Tinder and they had like this amazing relationship and they would constantly go to Byron Bay on surf trips and he'd surf and she'd read on the beach and they like spoke every day and um, on their first date he actually (laughs) told her like he was just full of shit but he told her that he was um, underneath the Twin Towers on September 11 and saw the plane hit and had and saw like everything go down and had PTSD from the planes hitting. This is on their first date. It's like that's such a red flag because what are the chances? I would fucking believe the shit out of that. Yeah. I would be like, oh my God, tell me more. Yeah. Like, I know. I guess if you're probably there, you would. But hearing it back, I'm like, no. Um, yeah. And then he... They, they spent a year and a half dating. Jeez. And then, like, I don't want to give away too much, but... Ford. Well, <clears throat> he's not Max. Yeah. He's Hamish. Yeah. And only at the very end of the episode, it's like, oh. he disappears, and then his brother calls her, who she's met, and he's like, blah, 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 Hamish is here, and she's like, who the fuck is Hamish? I'm so into this already. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like already hooked. Mm. It's already Hook got so many reviews. I was like, how the fuck does our podcast only have like 80. four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the Australians one has like so many, it's only got one episode. I know. I do feel a bit like that sometimes. Like I love you all who listen to us, but you've really got to step up your <laughs> review game. Like we need more. But then the other day I was like, when on earth? Like, we love so many podcasts. We love In the Limelight. Yes. We listen to the high-low. Yes. We listen to so many podcasts religiously, and I would never, ever, ever think to leave them a review. Ever. 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 Even if you got paid to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. No. Anyway, don't, don't be like us. Do as <laughs> yeah. we say, not as we do. Yeah. Um, can I just quickly say that I have been watching Sex Education on Netflix, and I know you have too, and it's really good. Mm. I, I haven't it. watched too much of it. I've only watched a few episodes, but I got started last night. It's got Gillian Anderson, who's like my favorite person ever. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my just God. choked on her wine. I just spilt red wine all over myself. Her illegally drank red wine as she's on the F45 food plan. Yeah. Don't no. tell her trainer. You don't still tell. got some on your chin. Don't tell Anton or anyone at my work. I've literally been like ordering protein powder to work. It's fucked up. <laughs> And then I didn't know, I like couldn't understand anything about it. And so there was like four women around my desk yesterday trying to help me figure out how to make a protein oh shake. God, it's so boring being like sensible it's about It's so your fucked. Yeah. Grace was like, I'm going to order us a pizza. And I was like, don't please. I'm starving myself. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Who's anyway. that? Who's that? She's the mum. Oh, love. Yeah. She's, yeah, just she's like so great. The, the best. There's like a scene in it where she's like watching a Julia Roberts rom-com. Mm-hmm. eating popcorn and drinking white wine yes and i was like me as a mom yeah like i just want to be like a single i was mom, like that's so the I pretty woman that. soundtrack yeah. okay, i could just hear it from a mile away <laughs> it is perk up yeah um it's kind of like skins mm-hmm. very skinsy yeah teenagers english it's it's weird because it's like english but it's like an american Mm. kind of high school setting mm. they actually talked about that on the high low this week which i know oh, you wouldn't have listened, listened to, to it yeah. but they said that exact same thing oh. yeah they were like they were th- said that they were really thrown off because they're british yeah they like, it's kind of what- strange but mm. it's it's really i really but a- like it. apparently they do it to appeal to like a wider audience because because it's like a netflix yeah and they yeah, want to yeah, appeal yeah. to americans as well yeah so you just put british people in america yeah yeah it's it's really good and it's one of those things where it doesn't it doesn't feel like teenagery like it's teenagers but it's like i don't feel like i'm watching i don't know yeah it's good some dumb teenage mm. show like mm. it's quite 
adult that's really good. One Sorry, last continue. thing I have. <laughs> <laughs> Jumbled. Yep. Is Michelle Obama's book. Oh my goodness. You need to tell me everything okay. about it. I'm so jealous. So she wrote it. it and yeah. I know that we like to say writing's not easy, but she really made it look like it is. <laughs> like considering she's not a journalist. Is it well written or is it like it's I, well written. I did this. It's so good. Oh my God. Why? She's so amazing. I know. And she's just, she's the best. So it starts out with her early life living in Chicago and just talking up like you know she lived in this tiny apartment on the upper floor of like her other family her family i think aunts or something lived yeah. downstairs and her parents they just had this two bedroom apartment so her and her brother had just like this little wall like makeshift wall dividing them that didn't even mm. reach the ceiling in between their beds and um she just talks about how she worked really 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 hard and she got into Princeton and then after she got into Princeton and she said that like it was this this major thing was the fact that she always felt like she wasn't good enough. And when she got into Princeton, mm. it was this thing of like she, the black people were a minority, and people sort of looked at her like you don't belong here. And so she was like, "Fuck this," and just worked her ass off. And I've her. also heard things as well like that. It was this whole thing as well that a lot of these black students that got into these schools who had to work so much harder than white students to get there then had the white students thinking they only got in because they were black mm. so they had this extra like mm. not only had they had prejudice to get in yeah and they had to be so much smarter than everyone else to get in but then they got in and everyone thought they were only there Just because of affirmative action yeah yeah so then they had all this discrimination from that side as well like, yeah it's so insane and then she got into harvard even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. law school which is where i actually thought she met barack but yeah it wasn't mm. um and i actually the other day like our last podcast i was like oh i'm so obsessed with this book i wish i could read it while i was walking and i know that audiobooks exist but i kind of i just love reading it's books. not the same I, no. I did the hillary clinton um what happened book on an audiobook and mm. it, it like it just didn't resonate with me in the same way yeah it was it's very, so funny yeah. i'm not used to it but when i was walking to work this morning i was like i just want to read more of this book yeah so i think i'm gonna swap between and on my walks to work oh. i'm gonna listen to the audiobook and then when i get home i'm gonna read it i think her voice is much more soothing and mm. nice than hillary's yeah so um that's my first foray into audiobooks love and yeah, so she didn't meet Barack at Harvard. She met him when she was working at a law firm in Chicago. And I pulled out this little bit, which I don't know if, if it'll be interesting to anyone who doesn't love Michelle and Barack like I do. But we, yeah, we, we, we both stand. So yeah. you just have to deal and with I it. And I fully got goosebumps when I read it. Um, so she doesn't talk like this the whole way through. She just talks like this. She's sort of speaking in the 
third person. She's going like at the age of 25, you have an assistant. You right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she hasn't switched it. It's the whole book, but yeah. she's just saying it because this is like leading up to the mm. moment she meets Barack. And she's like, at the age of 25, you have an assistant. You make more money than your parents ever have. Your co-workers are polite, educated, and mostly white. You wear an Armani suit and sign up for a subscription wine service. You're a lawyer now. You've taken everything ever given to you and you've converted it to this. You've climbed the mountain. And part of your job is to help cultivate the next set of young lawyers being courted by the firm. A senior partner asks if you'll mentor an incoming summer associate. And the answer is easy. Of course you will. You have yet to understand the altering force of a simple yes. You don't know yet when the memo arrives to confirm the assignment, some deep and unseen fault line in your life has begun to tremble, that some hold is already starting to slip. Next to your name is another name, that of some hotshot law student who's busy climbing his own ladder. Like you, he's black and from Harvard. Other than that, you know nothing, just the name, and it's an odd one. Oh my god, that makes me want to cry. Yeah. I love that. Mm. I love that she was bigger than him, mm. and that she was. he, he would have in come in being like, associate. hey... Yeah. So it's she heaven. had to mentor him, even oh though he goodness. was three years older than her, yeah. but he had left school and mucked around for a few right. years. Um, and then he came in and everyone was speaking really positively of this guy. And they were like, oh, he's, he's like apparently incredible. Like yeah. he was top of his class and yeah. everything like that. Like everyone was just obsessed with him before he came in. And when he came in, she was sort of like, oh yeah, he was taller than I uh, thought. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, but she was like, I didn't think anything of him. Um, and then they became friends first. And then for ages, he was like, I think we should be more than friends because oh he really God. liked her because they were just incredible and got on in so many levels and they were just on the same page about everything. And she said it took for her to go to, um, they went to sort of like a work Christmas do sort of thing. And um, they were beside each other the whole night and he would like go off and talk to people and they'd circle back to each other <laughs> and they always found each other. And then she said that he would like, he went off and played basketball and she went and watched him and she was just like watching he's so hot but she was just he's like so, he's so, he's so hot. fucking yeah, he's hot. So hot so she was just watching him play basketball like uh, a fucking 25 year old yeah, she been so into that. and she was just watching his she was just like i don't know how she said it in a beautiful way but like yeah. his lean body and <laughs> and he was like smiling and oh. laughing and joking around and then he came off the field and she said that when they were driving home that night, she felt like, you know how when you are in those situations and suddenly like the car feels tiny yeah. and you feel really hot oh and God. suddenly you're so conscious of where your like arm is beside yes. his arm. Oh. And, yeah. And then that, and then she was just like, I don't know whether he noticed this shift in me, but like yeah. that was the first night he asked if he could kiss me. Oh my goodness. It's just so cute. I love that so much. This reminds me of an anecdote that Barack said in that interview I talked about a couple of episodes with Mark Maron. And he was like, you know, when you're in a relationship, you kind of, you real, you have to realize that when you fight about things, they're not really about the thing that you're fighting about. And she was like, when I started dating Michelle, um, she would get really, really angry if I was late. Like if I was like 10 minutes late, mm. she would get like weirdly angry about it and eventually I was like what's up with this like who cares and she said that her dad has MS Mm. and that he made a big front of not letting it affect him and not let him affect his life so if they used to go to basketball games or to church he would get up two hours before everyone else like put his suit on like put everything together and then they'd leave early and get there so he would always be sat and ready to go like when everyone else was so Mm. he never looked like he was 
like stumbling in at the last minute or people didn't feel sorry for him so mm-hmm. whatever that did to her made her be like never ever be late like when you say you're going to be somewhere you be there yeah and then as soon as she told him that he just never was late again yeah it's just so cute, I, so just, cute. I just love them i'm like that is just my favorite thing yeah me too and even when she was talking about she was like my roommate at uni so she was just really proper did things by the book like really clean and she said that her roommate at uni just throw her clothes on the floor and she couldn't understand that kind of mentality and then she was just like getting to know this girl and getting to know the way she worked and the way her mind worked helped me understand how some people are and she was like it helped me live with a man who still throws his clothes on the floor like i just love them i know i can't deal oh my god i feel like we need to jump to another um slightly less uh prominent couple (laughs) who and talk about the Haley. Justin. Oh my god. We need to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucked up. Um it was a very good profile. I felt like it was it was it it like really painted a picture. And very well written and it painted Justin in a really good light, which I think he deserves. Like like sort of. Like it did its best, but he seems very erratic, I I felt. Yeah. A bit fucked up. Yeah. Like there was like a bit where she was like, we're sitting and talking and he like Jumps, jumps up. up and then he moves around and then he gets down and then he like starts kissing Haley all over her neck and then he sits on the other side of the thing and I was like that's such a bizarre thing to do when you're being interviewed by a journalist to start like kissing your girlfriend your wife all over her neck jump and, from yeah. side to side like I was like that's like quite strange behavior it sounds like very nervous but it also sounds like he's just all over the show and he's really nervous to be interviewed and it also just sounds like um Haley is really good for him yes but he's not good for Haley. Like yes. it sounds like she's forcing it and trying to make it work because she's been so in love with the idea of him or so in love with him as a person yeah. for years. But he's like that bad boy who's not good for you. I know. And you're like so put together and you're so I like that she's like, like I really liked reading that about her, that she's mm. very, that she kind of made a point to say, I'm not a like spontaneous erratic person. Like yeah. I really thought about this and really considered this. And I know everyone thinks that I just jumped into this, but I didn't. And that I take these things very like i just like that it's i was like that's nice where it's yeah. like i think he knows this as well and it's like if he can't make it with Haley, i feel yeah. after reading that he won't yes. make it with anyone i feel like that's yes. exactly how he feels and yes. i feel like that's why he proposed to her so so soon because he yeah. was like she's the person that will like make me better but i just worry that he's fucking taking it out of it i know like for her to come out and be like marriage is really hard marriage is really hard if you take anything from this or like you should lead with this and it's like you guys have been married for five minutes. Yeah. You should still be like, and, and you've just started dating. So you yes. should still be in like the, <laughs> the honeymoon, honeymoon stage, stage yes. and you should still be finding it relatively easy. It's funny because like, it reminds me of that thing that I read recently where it's like, it said that we have what we have now in our monogamous relationships, we will have like two to three quote unquote marriages compared to past generations mm. like what yeah. we do now where we meet someone we fall in love we date them for three years we move in with them we live with them for a couple of years we build a life together we get joint accounts we do, like in the past that meant you were married but mm. we just don't get so, yeah, married no. anymore and we might do that and, and be like together you'll for move 10 in years. with people because now because i moved in with my boyfriend at uni just because it was cheap yeah yeah and you're like in the i don't know 70s you would have married him mm. and then got divorced at like 25 i don't know you know what i mean like so they're almost living out it sounds so weird to hear of married couples sorting out things that we're probably like surely you sort that out before you get married you know what i mean Mm. like but 
it's, it's the probably old school the way version it of it. It's the way it used to go. Yeah. Which is why it's quite jarring. Because I, I think now we think you don't get married until you've sorted that stuff out. Yeah. I'm rooting for them. Same. I thought it was like a nice. Same. It me did too. them justice. Yeah. yeah. I think it was good. I just think that like I feel a bit sorry for her. Yeah. I, I just, feel I felt sorry for them when I realized they're like in they're kind of like cordoned off in Canada. Vancouver. Yeah. Like she's away from all of her friends and family. Yeah. I feel like she's. And also how he, it was like kind of cute how he's just like, I want her to relax. Like she thinks that yeah. because we've got her married, we have to be this big grown up couple and yeah. we have to sort out all our problems and yeah. we have to like, like worry about homewares. And he's just like, yeah. no, we can just relax and be happy. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck do you have to worry about when you guys are that rich? I know. And you just own a home in Canada. It's like, just. I know. They're like, we sit at home and get takeout every night. And I was like, oh, that'd be expensive. And I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're literally worth like $500 oh, Kylie billion. spent ten thousand dollars on takeout last year i know it's so i would definitely do that oh same a hundred percent same people are getting outraged by it i was like that's literally the equivalent to like a dollar fifty for us yeah and also she'd be ordering it for all her friends which obviously you would do if you were that rich exactly so Mm. you know the other major thing that's happened this week is well, firstly, Meghan Markle's friends came out with that tell-all. What do you think of that? I'm feeling a bit, like, upset about this, but I think it's because I've only caught up on it today. Like, I was just out of the yes. rat race. Um, it made me feel really sad and weird. I, I, I Wait, so we're talking about the friends coming out and doing their... Yeah, I've, I feel like I read both at once, so it's okay. hard for me to separate them. So you take so, the lead. So five of her closest friends, unnamed... Quote, unquote, closest friends, according to people. Yeah. Yeah. Came out and did this interview and revealed all and sort of said, like, every, like, kind of put all the rumors to rest. And they actually said, which is now proven to be true, that Meghan Markle, like, because it's always been recorded in the press that she hasn't talked to her dad since the wedding. But they came out and they were like, we, we know that Meghan sent her dad a massive letter after the wedding and he hasn't reached out he has her phone number it hasn't changed he's never reached out all he does is speak to the press yeah and then like two days later her dad was like well yep here's the letter and just released the entire thing it actually makes me feel sick that he released that letter I like I, I i'm so 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 angry at him i, I don't even know him and I'm i feel like, like it actually is the real letter it is like, because it's it's so I don't get it, why he released it. It makes him look like an asshole. Mm, like nothing in it is like does. contradictory or argues with anything that she says. It makes her look like way kinder and nicer and thing. Yeah. It made me feel so guilty for all the time we've spent being mean about her. She was like, daddy, like, please stop doing this. Like, I love you. Do you need money? I'll help you with money. I know that it's tempting to get the money, but like, please stop. You're really hurting me. Mm. Whatever. That's so you sad. You know, like, it's so sad. Like, I'm like that's and actually she was like, it hurts awful. the most that you would say horrible things about Harry when yeah. all he's done has been nice to you. Yeah. I'm like, fuck off. And she's like, how could you sit and let your other daughter, who I don't even know, say the most horrendous things about me and you say nothing? She's like, how? Like, how? like you, you're literally, she was like, you're like breaking my heart. Like, why are you doing this? It's so sad. It's so I, I'm like he's just a monster. Like she's just had this beautiful fairy tale thing happen to her, and um, she said as well that she still, after he staged those paparazzi photos, sent people to pick him up to take him to the wedding, and he just didn't get in the car. Yeah, and he didn't even say he wasn't coming to the wedding. He never told her. He never told her, and she found out he had a heart attack through a tabloid. Mm. He never messaged her to tell her. 
Oh my god, he's the worst. And the fact that he's had a heart attack, quote unquote, has been like disputed by medical records. Yeah, yeah. So I don't even know what happened, but I just think that it's so sad because we've imagine said- feeling like on your wedding day. That's oh the reason god, she it's stood just on awful. those. I'm just so angry at him because I'm like, you're so self-obsessed and self-involved that you just have never for one second tried to take a step back and be like what is the best thing for her that's the reason that she stood on those steps alone and had to walk in and then fucking charles had to walk her up to the altar because her own dad is like staging paparazzi pics back in america yeah and it's for money it's like obviously the palace has more money it's also starters. this thing where she's she's never ever able to talk. She's never like so. I think the thing of the friends talking to people is a huge deal because it was obviously not authorized by the palace. Yeah, what the fuck? So that's weird because mm. they've either just done it and not told her, or she's allowed them to do it and hasn't got it cleared. So there's something weird about mm. that, like because that's very 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 unprecedented. You would never get Kate Middleton's high school friends being like, "No, what Kate really thinks about blah blah." No, so it's kind of crazy. I can't decide which is more likely. I kind of think it's more likely that they've seen everyone being horrible and are like, "We know she's a lovely person." I know. I need to say something like how I would feel if everyone was like, I don't know, like Izzy's a gold digger, like you know what I mean. Mm. If I saw everyone saying that in the media all of a sudden. I would be like, it's literally my job as your friend to let people know that you did X, Y, and Z. I would love for people the, to be saying that because it would mean I was with a really rich man. You know what I But like say everyone yeah. was like, Izzy's a gold digger and I knew you'd signed a prenup yeah. where you'd get no money. Yeah. And I just saw everyone saying that in the media. Like I would find it so, so, so hard to mm. sit there. So so she's getting slammed for being horrible to her dad when all her friends know that she sent this letter. And he's never and reached he's out never to replied. her once. And he you'd never be told like, her fuck he wasn't going to the wedding. Yeah, you'd be like, fuck that. Everyone needs to know this. Yeah. But obviously it's just backfired massively. Well, I feel like it hasn't even. Like he's now released the letter. She looks like a sweetheart for reaching but out. But it's just more drama. Like, it's just more drama. Yeah. Every Apparently, I read in one of the articles today. I wonder today, how much he got paid to release that letter. Apparently, every single thing that he says, the press office from the palace have to come and talk to her about because they need to know what's true and what isn't. So she needs to sit and go through everything he said line by line so they know what to refute, what's true, whatever. So every time he speaks out, she is so, like... There was a point, she's like eight months pregnant or whatever, mm. seven months pregnant. And there was a point in the last three days where she was like in her house and had to have someone come in and be like, hey, so he's released this like really personal letter you wrote that said blah, blah, blah. Did you write this? When did you send it? Did you blah, blah, show us your phone? Did he send text messages? Like, it's horrible. It's crazy. Like, I, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so angry at myself for getting involved in the like bitchy Megan Kate drama. I'm like, everyone needs to rally behind Megan. I know. A hundred percent. Shit dads. And it's also just like, just stop giving him airtime. Like I get, I get that you're the daily mail and you need clicks and it's a huge story, but just do the right thing. Just like, stop doing that. People are so dumb though. It's it's like, when you think about him, it's like, you just want to bang his head into a wall. It's like, I what know. the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Cause he's so obviously just so stupid i think he like must have opened pen because i was talking to my friend about it today and we we're like do you think your dad would like ever do something like this and we're like obviously we don't think our dad would sell us out to the media but you can see how if you became so famous and the daily mail called and was like hey do you want 50 grand to talk about your daughter mm. that you'd be like oh yeah she's great and she's blah 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 and they're like amazing thank you and then 
it just slowly mm. descends yeah, where they I just know. keep calling and then you're getting mad at them for talking to them but you feel like you're not saying anything bad mm. anyway so then it, you know like i just I'm, i don't want to like sympathize with him but I was, I was like i can just see how this kind of thing would happen i know someone offered me 50k to talk shit about you i probably would oh, i would definitely do it <laughs> and then the other thing yes that has been massive since we last recorded is yes liam neeson yes basically if you missed the story um he it was on a press tour for his um new movie cold pursuit um and during that he revealed he'd once considered to carry out a racist revenge attack because someone close to him had said she'd been raped by a black man yeah so he revealed that he wanted to kill a black man any black man not that well like he just went out on the street kind of like if i see yeah yeah with a with like a club to kill yeah a black man. I'm I'm torn on this one. What? I'm torn. I'm torn because I don't feel. Obviously, that's disgusting and that's fucked and that's like a revolting thing to do. <clears throat> but I also think that the way he spoke about it wasn't him being like, oh, "Yeah, I did this." Like he no. he was like, "I'm disgusted that I did that." Mm-hmm. But this is what happens when you're drawn. You're sort of driven by emotions. So I felt that he. It was almost like he was willing to let people... I don't even know if that's what he was thinking, but I think it sparked an interesting conversation about the way that a lot of people probably feel but don't talk about. And that mm. he, I, I think the reason of him saying it wasn't... He was saying, I am disgusted that I ever felt like this. But the fact that I, I could feel like this... I don't know. I understand like what you what you're saying, and I, and I read the interview, and I get yeah. that he was like he wasn't proud of it. And he wasn't any just way. saying it as a no, throwaway no. remark. No. Yeah, um, he was like, I can't believe I'm saying this to a journalist. Like, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, neither can we. But um, <laughs> that Batuta advocate was like, probably should have kept that one to yourself, uh, Liam. I know. Like, but the thing is, it's still just like. You still just went after any black man because a black man yes. did something. Like, there's yes. just no forgiving that kind of line of thought. And I just yeah. don't actually think, like, yes, I understand someone really close to you has been hurt. And yes, I understand you're really fucking mad. But I can't, un- like, I can't fathom, like, say, if a woman killed my yes. sister, yes. if my sister's girlfriend killed her, yeah. I wouldn't just go and try and kill any woman. Yeah. Or, like, any lesbian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I get that he, he's saying he was upset, but it's also just like, that's just not fucking normal. I do get yes, yes. anger towards men in general for committing crimes such as rape, but you can't be like only black men rape. So I'm going to go and kill the black man. Yeah. It's, it's kind of insane. It's just so insane. And also I was like doing some reading because I wanted, I don't know like all that much about him, except that Taken is a really good movie. I hate Taken. It's very scary. And one time I thought I was going to be taken in Paris, like full blown. We were staying at this guy's house, which is just so unsafe. We were like 23 and we were full blown like couch surfing. Why? Um, just to save money. <laughs> and some old man in Paris, we were staying at his house and he was just like so fucking creepy that mm. I didn't get any sleep. I fully just like had my eyes open and I was like, we're going to be taken. Like, it's just what's happening right now. Yeah. And so then the next day we were like, yeah, we're just going out to get some bread. And then yes, gra- you told me this. And grabbed all our bags and left. And like, we were just so fucking scared. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, that didn't happen. But 
it's like a it's like a intense film yeah um, yeah i definitely don't want to be like good on liam like, no i think it's fucked i just like i don't know if it's as fucked as some people are making it out to be if that makes sense well the other thing about him is um before he shows acting so he's like he for a bit of a kind of context i guess he grew up in Northern Ireland where, like, there were heaps and heaps of gangs. I can't remember what they were called, but there was, like, this gang. And everyone around him was, like, it was just very, very violent all the time. Yeah. But then when he, before he was an actor, he was a teacher. And one time he just bit the shit out of the student. Yeah. Like, the student threatened him with a knife, but he still, like, just bit the shit out of the student. Yeah. Um, and then um, he's also labeled the Me Too movement a witch hunt. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Before. Ah, problematic Liam. And then he also defended Dustin Hoffman after he was accused of sexual assault. Oh, like, just all these things. I was looking right. at him today and I was like, Liam, fuck. Like, yeah, I always like felt bad. Twist. Yeah. I always felt bad for him because his, like, lovely wife had died. I know. And then he was all sad and turned to, like, alcohol. But then he, I think he's just, like, mess, a messed up guy. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why he does those violent films. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I think it's. <sighs> I, f- I think it's hard because I think we're at this time now where you can't say uncomfortable things to spark a conversation without there being like a massive backlash. But then part of me is like, I think that's a good thing most of the time because it's like forcing people to think quite carefully about what they say and what mm. they think and what they feel. But I do feel like these are the cases where sometimes like i don't know i don't know i, I don't get know. what you mean when you're saying he's like i'm disgusted in myself that i ever thought that way but that's the way like i was brought up or that's the way yeah like, i'm questioning my beliefs like, about race, it yeah now. and he yeah. said ages ago that he um admitted he'd been guilty of racial profiling but that was him again trying to be like i can't believe but that i had ever done that but that's just like how that's how i'd grown up and, yeah. he, and he was coming out again and being like, I can't believe it. And then everyone was like, oh my God, he's a racist. Yeah. But he was trying to be like, That's what I mean. That's why I, it. and it's, this is what I worry about with things like he called the Me Too movement a witch hunt. I don't know the ins and outs of that interview, but it's like Margaret Atwood said, we need to be really careful at this moment in time that we don't confuse cases of serious sexual assault that could be proven in a court of law with like, acu- like a single accusation that, you know, like we need to still put due process and legal things into place. Mm. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to prosecute the very serious ones mm. and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, Margaret Atwood calls me to a witch hunt. You know, like mm. I'm kind of like sometimes we just like to characterize things in a way that they're not because it's easier to say that. I'm sure that Liam Neeson's point was not as nuanced as that. But it's, you know, like I just... Yeah, I don't really want to be defending him because I think that's fucked. But I also think that I don't. I don't think that that makes him a racist person. Mm. Because if you can recognize the behavior that you had, and then reflect on it and talk about it and say, "I did this and this, and I felt this way," and I'm now reflecting on that and recognizing that that was because of blah blah. Like I don't think a, a, a quote unquote like actively racist person has that self-awareness like they just they just do that and be like that's normal and then just never ever talk about it in public yeah because you wouldn't but i also don't think we should be like yeah liam like no well done it's also i think it's fucking crazy it's crazy i I feel like you shouldn't have said it at night 
I feel like he shouldn't have gone and done that. That's so no, weird. obviously that's awful. Like, like that's... he could have literally killed. Like it's yeah, it's pretty disgusting actually. And that's like a whole thing. This whole thing about like black men sexually assaulting white women and it mm. being like a th- like that's this this stereotype that just isn't true. I just but, watched um yeah. a really good movie if Beale Street could talk. Yes, mm. yes, 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 yes. And it's by the same guy who directed Moonlight. And it's by James Baldwin, who's one of my favorite authors. And it's literally that. Yeah. It's like a black guy who gets um, put in jail for a rape he didn't commit. Yeah. It's like To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, mm. there's so many fucking instances of this happening. So I think that that's why it's like a very fucking weird thing to talk about you I doing. Know. Because it's like, what? <laughs> like, that's what I mean. I'm just like, maybe it started a conversation, but I'm like. What, what conversation? Yeah, yeah. yeah, not like a positive one. Yeah, I it's guess like maybe like, if it was framed fuck? in a way of like, we should all I'm... not be racist. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah I think. Um, yeah, I'm kind of. Batuta like... had it right. <laughs> like, yeah, Liam Neeson just should have yeah. kept that to himself. I really hope that didn't sound like me justifying it, because <laughs> I think that's fucked that he said that. Mm. Um, and now his whole press tour has been cancelled. Has so, it? I was going to yeah. say that, that, that. Imagine those people. No, yeah, the premiere was cancelled. <laughs> was the it? Was film it? Directors. That's what I mean. Like the producers. Imagine yeah. them being like, oh are you my serious? God, literally, are you serious? Like, this is not what we wanted you to do when we said relate to the film. Yeah. Like, or like talk about the film in interviews. Like, not this. <laughs> oh okay. Um, shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Cool. You're gonna order a pizza when you leave. Oh, I'm starving. Stop being healthy. I know. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Also, please remember we have an Instagram account. Yes, After it follow it. Podcast. Um, follow it, please, and you will hear from us more. <laughs> thanks. Follow it. See you next week. <laughs> follow it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We love you. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 